You're listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Overcast. I am your host, Justin Grove, a.k.a. Oversoul, and I am joined once again by my good friend, Nick Ludlow, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend, and it's not just as a guest this time. He is now the permanent co-host on this show, so you'll be hearing him every episode. Yes. So, Glad to be a part of the team, bro. Um, I'm, I'm honored that you asked me to be your, your permanent co-host. I, I've been a long time coming, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just it's going to make for some great discussions. And we're still planning on having guests, people that I wanted to have as guests on the episodes in the that I mentioned before, are all people that I still plan on having whenever their schedules and mine allow for it as well. So some of the episodes you'll hear me and him and someone else, but most of the episodes it'll just be the two of us. So just the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you doing today? What's new with you real quick, very briefly, if uh, there's anything noteworthy, you said you got a job interview tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I got a, a uh, job interview at my local uh, animal shelter. Um, I'm, I have a really good feeling about this one. I, um, I've always wanted to work at this animal shelter, considering a while ago, got two cats from that shelter. Love the shit out of the, those two cats. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I... Um, I just moved back to my hometown, so that's why I'm looking for work. So um, I'm, I, things can only go up from here. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, by the way. You're basically just a stone's throw away from me now, uh, which pretty much makes this whole <laughs> makes this whole podcast co-hosting thing way easier. Hell yeah. And because we'll actually be able to get together for some actual recordings and stuff, too. And now that I'm actually making decent money at a a job that pays decently, I'll be able to afford some more stuff for that. So uh, I've put, for example, Goat Simulator 3 on my wish list because I figured at at some point when I can afford to buy it or if it goes on sale, I'll grab it and we could record a Let's Play of that. Hell yeah, just like the old one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did we do the original? Did we? I think we did, but I don't know if you uploaded it or not. You no, know, I think we live-streamed it. I don't think we recorded it. I think it was live-streamed on Twitch, and you know they only saved those archives for so long, so that one's probably long gone by that, now. That, that's true. <laughs> Last thing I remember having on my channel, and first thing, honestly, with you, is uh, Rocket League. Rocket League and Towerfall Ascension was the ter- was the first two Let's Play with friends in that playlist. Yeah, we did. I have- think I was only I was only ever in those two. We did have Towerfall, and I had some other Towerfall Ascension videos as well that had uh, Dalton, Deacon, and Harry in them. Yep, I remember. I watched them. Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's uh, okay. So that's a nice, uh, a nice little update. Um, not a whole lot going on with me besides working and working during the day this week because it's spring break, and since we're not doing our normal 
cleaning routine. We have to go in earlier, and I hate it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love my new job, but I hate the going in earlier part. I prefer I prefer my 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 late shifts. I'm a night owl. Yes, same here. I'm still trying and working on getting my sleeping schedule fixed so that I can actually be awake during the day and be a, fu- a functioning member of society. Um, just a day walker, or I can be a day walker again. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually go out and do shit. All right, so that's... Uh... Pretty good update, pretty good update. Um, so I think this is a good time to move on to the media corner. Go ahead, make my day. All right, so the media corner, this is the part of the show where we talk about uh, just stuff going on in our uh, in our media view in general lately, the things that we've been enjoying, movies, games, TV shows, whatever. Or just uh, stuff, pop culture and nerd culture stuff that has caught our interest as of late could be celebrity news, stuff like that. Um, First thing I'll mention is that I have been recording Bendy and the Dark Revival for future Mm. episodes on YouTube. Um, So I'm playing it in real time right now. I'm about like three or four episodes into my recording process. And... um, those episodes will be coming out later after Danganronpa. And um, I gotta say, I don't know how I feel about it yet so far in comparison to the first game. I did, I really enjoyed the first one. It made my top ten of the year it was finished, the year episode five came out. This one's not episodic, it's a full game from the get-go, but it's not a direct sequel either. It's like a spiritual successor that takes place in the same universe, similar characters and stuff. I like the atmosphere. I like everything about it that's similar to the first one. Um, and I do like that this one kind of has like a more Bioshock vibe to it in a way. Like, Ooh, nice. In this one, you are one of the monsters, kind of like you were in Bioshock 2. Instead of just being a regular everyday guy... You know, you, nice. you you start off as a, you're an animator named Audrey, but you get sucked into the ink machine and wake up in this cartoon world, basically this evil cartoon world. And but you are also an ink monster now. Like I think you've basically nice. died died and come back as an ink monster. And but that doesn't mean that you know you still have to fight off and get jump scared by the other ink monsters. You you can fight. Right. You can fight though. There's some stealth in the beginning, but then eventually you get a pipe that you can bash them with. But when the ink demon nice. shows up, you can't fight him. You have to hide. You have to run and hide from him. But so gotcha. it's it's very similar to the first game in a lot of ways. You got puzzles. You got sneaking. You got combat. Mm-hmm. But it just um. I can't quite place my finger on it, but there's something that the first game had that this one seems to be missing. And I don't know what it is, but there's like a feeling missing from it that keeps it from being as good as the original so far. Maybe maybe it'll come into play later, but there's something just I, I, I'm struggling to put it into words exactly what it is. But there's just like a, right. cer- a certain vibe that the first one gave that this one doesn't seem to have. There's like a okay. M- uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it might be the air of mystery. I think the first one had more of an air of mystery to it, and this one kind of 
kind of like shows its hand from the beginning it like you there's no mystery to solve here it's just getting from point a to point b you already know everything that's going on right from the beginning um right so, so there's not like a there's not like a it feels like you're moving forward more out of obligation and less out of infatuation i guess you could say right <laughs> you know speaking um, of bioshock though speaking of bioshock though I am excited to see what Netflix is going to do with a Bioshock film. I'm just really hoping that they decide to get the game developer involved like they did. Like um, like they did they for The did Last of Us. The Last of Us. The way they the, the developers got involved with uh, the Ratchet and Clank movie from yes. 2016. Yes, yeah. Well, that was also Best. a companion. That movie was a companion to the game, the reboot game that came out. Too. Yeah, at that I do remember that. And it was also so they could yeah. use the tagline, uh, the what was it? Play, the, the game. Play, the play. Play the game based on the movie based on the game. Yeah, yeah. Play the game based on the movie based on the game. Yep. Yep. So meta. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, The Last of Us was a fantastic show. By the way, uh, anybody who had any love for the game and hasn't seen the show yet, definitely watch that. Even if you didn't play the game or don't know anything that happens in it, still watch that show because it's just a yes. really really good show if you're looking for that like if uh, say you were a fan of the walking dead and after like you know seven or eight seasons it started to feel drab to you maybe you were mm-hmm. one of the one of the people that was like man i love this show in the beginning but i'm just not feeling it anymore you know like you fell off maybe mm-hmm. after, after the time jump or after they killed your favorite character or some shit like that this yep. show feels like the beginning of the walking dead but maintains that that level of entertainment and in enjoyableness throughout the entire season like it never slows down and for fans of the game it provides an opportunity since you're not playing a character you're watching them from a third person perspective it provides an opportunity to humanize other characters that didn't get much screen time in the game you know, so exactly. we're, we're getting background yep. story on characters that in the game we just meet them for like 15 minutes and then they disappear. But in the show, they're getting an entire episode dedicated to them. Yeah. So that's now while we're good. on the topic of uh, H- different like HBO shows like The Last of Us, mm-hmm. I have an unpopular opinion. Oh. I actually enjoyed. The Scooby Doo spinoff, Velma. I really enjoyed it. I I went into it looking at it as a show all on its own instead of looking at it as a spinoff. And as long as I put my mind to it's a show all on its own, smooth sailing from there. It was good. I liked it. It was actually really fucking funny. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody out there likes it at least. I did. I managed to make it three episodes in before I gave up. And I know a few people <laughs> a few people listening to this didn't make it much further. Um, no. <laughs> but but the thing is, um, I I tried to go. I tried to give it that same mindset. Like I. <sighs> It's hard not to draw comparisons when it's basically selling itself as being a Scooby-Doo IP, but, like, I just... Especially because the character that's supposed to be Shaggy is an 
is uh, anti-drugs. Yeah, yeah, that was that might have been like one of the spots for me where I I raised an eyebrow and said, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm good. I can't tell if this show is being snarky or judgmental. Like, and that that was the part where I had a problem. I love satire, but like, there's a way like. There's like the reason I like current South Park is because it's satire and it's snark at the same time. Like they're definitely they're making fun of people. They're making fun of current events, but it's oh yeah, most but definitely. it's intelligent. The way it's written it is, is smart. It's very smart it is. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little less smart when they start doing fart jokes, but like <laughs> it's <laughs> but, yes. but a lot of it is very cleverly written and. You know, it, they just they earned their smugness, is what I'm gonna like. They they, did. they but they this did. this I don't know. This show is like brand new. It felt maybe too too smug. It's very maybe give it another shot at some point down the road. I mean, I I I can. I'm always open to that kind of thing. But I think I think my main problem with it is that the show is just mean spirited. It feels like it hates everyone. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It's not like in the Family Guy style way of like equal opportunity offender. It's more like every single person that the show is supposed to be catering to is the same people that it raises the finger to. Like, and it makes me wonder who yep. is it? Who is it for? Who was this show made for besides the people who made it? <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. Velma's a bully. She's kind of an asshole in that show. <laughs> little bit. Little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's hard to root for a protagonist that's a real shithead. Unless you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's, unless it's in like in a sunny in Philadelphia kind of way. Where right, yep. you're not really rooting for them, but like the, the you're not rooting for them, but the whole purpose of the show is that you're laughing at how stupid they are the whole time, and they always get their comeuppance. The show doesn't make them the good oh, yeah. like the the protagonists are definitely the bad guys, but it's okay because you're not supposed to mm-hmm. like them anyway. Yeah, there's an event coming up the weekend of this event coming up. The weekend of April 1st and April 2nd. WrestleMania 39. I am super fucking stoked for this. Um, this is basically the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. Um, there's some matches that I'm really excited for. Uh, the number one match I'm most excited for has got to be the... Uh, main event of night two, and that is going to be Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. And uh, that is for the WWE uh, uh, Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship, two belts. So my thought process with this match, Roman Reigns is... Uh, Roman Reigns has had this title reign going on for almost a thousand days. Like he's been holding on to these belts for over three years now. So with Cody Rhodes coming in from uh, the uh, wrestling promotion that he started with Tony Khan, uh, AEW, uh, 
I have a feeling that Cody Rhodes, with the feud that he's been having with Roman over the last few months since he won the uh, 2023 Royal Rumble, I have a feeling with how much shit Roman Reigns has talked about Cody's late father, the legendary Hall of Famer Dusty Rhodes... Uh, I have a feeling Cody's gonna bring these bring or he's gonna bring home the belt by the end of night two of WrestleMania. Also, another match that I'm really looking forward to. There hasn't been much build up to this match, but the main reason I'm most excited about this one is because it has one of my all time favorites, Bray Wyatt. He is by far one of my all time favorites. He, I wasn't really a fan of him when he when when I, when I first started watching, but then he kind of grew on me. And when he came out with the fiend gimmick, that's when I really jumped onto the bandwagon uh, for uh, for Bray Wyatt. I really um, it, it, it was a really interesting character. Is like he he had this whole like spinoff of uh, like a, like almost like a demonic version of um uh mr rogers neighborhood like he was they called it the firefly funhouse and he would be he didn't have like a split personality he have the the happy-go-lucky host of the firefly funhouse and then you got this demonic other persona known as the fiend who is an unstoppable demon and has just, just destroys every opponent he faces and it's he's, it's it's fucking amazing nice i have absolutely zero wrestling knowledge and therefore zero input on that topic <laughs> so you that's all you my man <laughs> the, no um that's that's yeah, the, the, that's I'm, all you I'm, I'm genuinely excited for this week, this 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 WrestleMania, because they're doing it in Hollywood, California. I'm really hoping that there's a, there's another storyline that was going on uh, between Roman Reigns, his two cousins, and the whole other feud with Sami Zayn. And I'm really hoping that the return of the Great One is going to be. A surprise at WrestleMania. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Roman Reigns' cousin, comes in and puts a stop to his shit. That would be a huge WrestleMania moment, and I really hope that comes to fruition. They should pit uh, The Rock against Vin Diesel so that they can finally get their differences out. Or kiss and make yeah. up, whichever comes first. <laughs> right. That would actually, they've actually done stuff like that before. They've had different like celebrities come in and do matches at WrestleMania. So that would honestly not be a bad idea for that, uh, for that uh, pay-per-view. Ah, um, like modern- before they had, they had Bad Bunny, who was a Latin hip hop artist. He actually put in the training work. And he um, he actually had a match, a tag team match at WrestleMania a few years ago. And social media superstar Logan Paul, 
He is currently under a WWE contract and is an active member on the roster. So he's bringing in all of his uh, fans from his impulsive podcast uh, from YouTube and all that other, all those other platforms and shit. But he's brought in a lot of different uh, new outside fans because of how of his popularity and what he's doing currently. <laughs> uh, I gotta love how all these uh, YouTubers podcasts are named things like impulsive and distractible and other ADHD uh, <laughs> words. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Speaking of Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny was the uh, I was I'm, I'm, he was not for me, but he was the pre-order bonus for this game, and that game just so happens to be WWE 2K23. And uh, so far, from what I have played, they, the 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 gaming engine on it is the the mechanics on it are just fucking amazing. They didn't really change too much from the last game. But all of the new people that they're bringing in to this game that weren't in the last is I, I'm super happy with it. So I'm jumping backwards a little bit here, but you okay. mentioned the Bioshock movie on Netflix, which I also hope they do yeah. well because it's either hit or miss with them on that stuff. But um, yeah. I mean, I have I'm, I'm a little more hopeful for video game based adaptations these days because the last of us was good and the first sonic movie was good and detective pikachu was good but we've still had some misses out there um i know pj I enjoyed P- uncharted P- P- like pj really liked the halo show but a lot of people did not um yeah i you know and to each their own but i'm just speaking in terms of success you know yeah like objectively yeah. here that show was yeah. not successful um and same for like the monster hunter movie apparently did not do well or whatnot or even if that was that did that ever even come out see like i don't even know if it ever i'm not not so sure it didn't get canceled you know right um i'd have to fact check that but i i but i hope the bioshock one is done well but what i would really like to see i think if they want to do Andrew Ryan right, they need to get Evan Peters to play him, and it needs to be him reprising his role from season five of American Horror Story, where he played the yes. uh, the ghost of that dead matriarch guy from that old serial killer from the 1940s or whatever. He yes, because that would be the perfect Andrew Ryan. That and you know oh, the season absolutely. I'm talking about, the one with Lady Gaga and the vampires. Um, yeah, the hotel. Yeah, hotel. Ho- hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his character, the dead serial killer that Evan Peters played in that season, would be the perfect Andrew Ryan. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That I I one hundred percent think that would be the best. Now there was the- a couple of movies I wanted to talk about real quick um, that I watched recently. I watched uh-huh. yeah, Megan. Megan is uh, was really good. Uh, I like that it kind of touched on how technology is evolving and how scary it can be. Um, God, that, mm-hmm. shit, that movie is fucking amazing. It was, was also funny. Movie. 
It was also it funny. Was. Oh, like, it let, was. Let, let, let's talk about Megan for a second because that was okay. Um, that was that's one of those like um, horror comedy movies that I really really enjoy. Um, it's because it touches on the stuff that you said, but it's also got like I mean, she does a little dance routine before she kills a guy, you know, in the movie. I remember that was probably one of the funnier parts. I don't want to spoil, like, I don't want to get into, like, spoilers or anything, but I just want to say that I do appreciate that movie. Um, like, one of the funny parts is genuinely, like, they're they're getting ready to do their big stage show, and there's, like, the advertisement playing on the screen with her niece talking about, like, losing her parents and how sad it was and how Megan helped her feel better and all that. And then, like, right after that heartfelt moment, the boss dude pops on the screen and says some janky-ass shit and, like, absolutely lost it. He's, like, it was, like, complete juxtaposition to what just happened. And, um, if you have access to Peacock, you can actually watch the unrated version of this movie, which is a little bit bloodier than the theatrical version. Um, yes, that's actually the version that I watched on Peacock. Yeah, so you get to see like things like the ear ripping scene in their full detailed go- gory glory. Ooh, they, that was that that made me cringe like that, hardcore. It's, it's like, not cut away like it is in the PG thirteen version. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, because I've seen I've seen both versions, so the the differences are small but noticeable. Like they're definitely there. Right. Like the when the guy gets killed with the paper cutter thing, you actually see it bursting through his chest in the unrated version, mm-hmm. and it, his death yep. happens off screen in the PG thirteen version. Um, yep. So, but uh, another fun fact about that movie, Megan was done with practical effects, like the character herself. The it's not she's not CGI. Um, it's all makeup and practical effects, and her mouth movements. She's moving her mouth that way, and they just dubbed her. She recorded her lines separately, and they dubbed them in, so that gotcha. It looks, okay, so it looks like she's robot talking. Yeah, there's actually an SNL skit with Aubrey Plaza and Chloe Fineman about Megan. Um, <laughs> it's it's a funny skit involving Megan at a gay bar. But it's, um, but they use the All same right. technology for them in that skit. Like they use I gotta the same watch technology. This episode. I, I gotta watch that episode. The Aubrey Plaza episode in general is a really good one. If you have any love for her as like an actress oh, or yeah. comedian, like oh, hell yeah. you know, like because if you if you enjoy her character on Parks and Rec, then it's probably then it's an episode you would like the whole episode of that. And she I would say. A couple was, movies that I she was in a couple movies that I really liked. Uh, Dirty Grandpa with uh, Zac Efron and um, oh yeah, uh, Robert De Niro and Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Those, oh yeah, uh, those, that that one was that one was funny too. She was in I both. I forgot of those. about that. I forgot about that one. The wedding dates one. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny one. And um. I was going to say the other SNL episode recent that recently came out that I would recommend uh, is the one speaking of the last of us, Pedro Pascal hosted an episode and um, you know, perfect timing because the last of us and season three of the Mandalorian is out now. Um, 
So it was a good time for him to come on. It was his first time ever hosting, and he absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. He was so good. So, so good at it. He would go back and watch that episode, too. Might be one of the funniest episodes. Again, if you have Peacock, this is where you can watch all this stuff that I've been talking, we've been talking about here. You can watch Megan and SNL on Peacock. And you know what else you can watch on there that I haven't seen yet, but I hear from so many people is really good. And it actually, like, I think it won some Oscars is, uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, was actually really good. I watched that with my daughter over the weekend. Okay. Now, I do believe that. I do believe that came out originally last year, so we'll get we can get more into depth about it in the in the topic part. Um, it just hit Peacock recently, but it, it was in theaters. I want to say last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Let me yeah. actually let me fact check that real quick. Puss in Boots: The Last okay. Wish release date. In the United States of America, Puss in Boots. The Last Wish came out on December 21st, 2022. Okay, yeah. So that was last year. Oh, yes, yeah. That, yeah. Okay, yep. so we'll save that for that one. Um, There's one more movie I wanted to talk about, um, and it just so happens to be based on true events of a bear doing drugs. Oh, you watched Cocaine, cocaine Bear. You watched Cocaine Bear? I did bear? watch co- I did. It was actually really fucking funny. Okay. I was surprised as as to how many like how fucking off the walls they did with it. But there was an actor in there that I that had died last year. Uh, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. He was in it. Um, and he was probably like one of the main one of the. Not I wouldn't necessarily. They would say one of the main characters, but he's a big name in the movie. But it was I, I oh my god. I a horror comedy and I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say that it's not all true events. They exaggerated it a little bit. Oh, yeah, we knew that already. That was um, made pretty obvious from the fact that they turned it into a horror comedy. In reality, the bear, what happened was he he ate the cocaine and died. That was basically the long and short of it. But that doesn't make for an interesting movie. So No, it doesn't. Nope. They got to have, have the bear go on a murderous rampage, and that shit was fucking hilarious. On the um, on the topic of in memoriams, because you mentioned Ray Liotta, <laughs> I feel like I can't um, I feel like I can't go past the media corner without uh, throwing out a special rest in peace to um, nerd culture actor Lance Reddick, who um, yes was in all the John Wick movies. Um, he uh, played Albert Wesker in the Netflix live action version of Resident Evil. He um, was in so many different cartoons, including Paradise PD, and uh, he was one of the Vindicators on Rick and Morty. Um, Mm -hmm. He he played Silence in Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, um, like the main main villain. Um, Yeah, he was a character in the Netflix animated series Castlevania. He's been in 
A lot. Uh, he was also on The Wire. He's known for that. And, of okay. course, um, one of the big things is Destiny. He was a, a major character, uh, Commander Zavala, in the Destiny franchise. And uh, they actually, like, Very nice. the Destiny players got together recently and had a big in-memoriam for him in-game. So that mm-hmm. was uh, that was very nice to see as well. Um, yeah, he was on a couple episodes of The Blacklist and some stuff like that. But I, I, I basically covered his major roles. Um, so sad to see him go. That's like, uh, he's he's pretty prolific in the stuff he's in. That's like losing like, um... Um, oh shit. <laughs> well, I guess the the metaphor is kind of lost when I can't even remember the name of the person I'm trying to compare him to. Who is the right. who is the dude that plays the president in Rick and Morty? I can't remember his name. Oh, um, dude, I don't, I don't remember. Commander uh, Commander Anderson in um in Mass Effect. Okay. Okay. Keith David. Keith David. Keith David. That's who I'm thinking of. Losing Lance Reddick is like losing Keith David. You know, he's pretty big. You know, it's like losing like like Nolan North or Troy Baker. You know. Yeah. They got they got big voices. You know, if we ever lose Troy Baker, the video entire video game industry is going to collapse. That man plays a voice in like every video game in existence. All right. So, anything else for you before we move on? Yes. Uh, one more thing. Now, Hogwarts Legacy. I will have to say that game was fucking phenomenal. I played and beat the entire story in like forty hours. I put in. I had put in a fucking work week to that thing, and it was the story was so well done. It's game of the year worthy, without doubt. Um, Ooh, I will say that is a strong will, claim this early in the year, especially with some of the other stuff yes, that's come out yes. and and yet to come out. But don't forget, we have the Resident Evil Four remake this week. Oh, yes, that's if that's not yeah, going to no, win game of I, the year. Remakes never win game of the year, but still, I'm just no, but no, like. Hogwarts Legacy is it's got to be a game of the year contender. I, I have to say that. Um, also, the one complaint I have about it is the story was way too short, and it could they could have done so much more with it. But all in all, I'd give it a nine point five out of ten. Um, as far as like ratings. But yes, definitely game of the year contender. Well, as Andy Samberg pretending to be Nicolas Cage on SNL used to say, that's high praise. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Fuck yeah! High praise! <laughs> now, I'm, now, Seth, I'm off to my next adventure to have a three way with the Declaration of Independence. That's high praise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. 
Okay, cool, cool. Well, um, I think that will do it for the media corner then. After a, uh, a brief intermission, we're gonna jump straight into this week's, or this episode's topic of discussion. It's hard for me to see the teleprompter. Alright, here we are at this episode's topic of discussion. This episode, we're talking about 2022 and all of the things that it had to offer. Nick, when I say 2022, what's what's one of the first things that pops into your mind besides COVID? Well, legitimately, one of the first shows that came out, I was going to bring it up in the media corner, but then I quickly realized, oh, this show came out last year. I should save this for that. So, one of my favorite wrestlers, John Cena, he was, he played in a show that it was, that was a direct standalone series to the, the, the Suicide Squad, uh, Peacemaker Mm. on HBO Max. Mm. Uh, I absolutely love John Cena. He, um, he, he. He, that was a really good series. I really hope that they 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 did renew it for a second season, but it, the second season should have like aired by now because last year it came out last year in January. So that was last year. So yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah. That yeah. That was last year. That came out last year in January. So they're due for another season. That just goes to show, though, January and August are like the worst months for releasing things because anything you release in January or August, most people are going to forget about. They will ultimately yep. get overshadowed by other, and it's not just TV shows; it's movies and games too. Yep. But I highly doubt anybody. Oh, just to touch on one thing, I highly doubt anybody's going to forget about Hogwarts Legacy. That's just—I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> did that? Did that come out in January? No, that came out in February this year. Okay, then it's fine. February games usually get a uh, get a good look. So yeah, um, yeah. So it shouldn't have too much problem. Shouldn't have too much problem. Then, honestly, your biggest right. your biggest contenders is stuff that usually comes out in like October or like the very beginning of November, right before the nominees hit later in the month, because that's when they're yeah. pushing out all the big releases for. Christmas for Christmas time. Oh, so, but you know, a lot of games unfortunately get shafted. If anything came out in December, you know, even though it should technically be eligible for this year's awards, it won't like it, it won't even make the nominees because they rarely ever do. So, games like Callisto Protocol, Need for Speed, Unbound, High on Life, all those came out in 2022. Um, oh, awards they came out in december of 2022 okay i mean gotcha um but and the the nominees come out in november so it uh so they're supposed to be eligible for this year just like me like for my top 10 list that i do every year my cutoff point is the end of november but that means games that come out in december are eligible for the next year's list so i won't forget them like high on life is one of the games i've played from december but it's eligible for my top 10 games list this year um because of the cutoff point so i try to keep it fair make sure that stuff stays 
in there. Because that's one of the things um, from 2022 uh, that I'm I'm kind of remembering fondly. It's also one of my most recent 2022 memories, but the game, High on Life, uh, was free on Game Pass, and I played through it beginning to end twice, actually, because I also recorded the gameplay for my alternate channel. And, um, you know, I just enjoy that, like, Rick and Morty-style comedy stuff. And, you know, it can't be, you know, like, obviously I have to address the elephant in the room and all the Justin Roiland controversy, obviously. I'm not, you know, I, you know, am not a fan of the stuff that he did, you you know, don't, um, I don't condone. That's a classic case of love the creation, not the creator. Exactly, yeah. So it's another death of the artist trope for me. Um, It's just, it's hard because, you know, I know that most of the voices in the game are him. It's just hard to not, like, picture him when they're talking because I just, he's got this distinct Uh. thing. But the game itself is actually really well done and... um, you know, like, it's a very good, like, you know, a little bit Doom, a little bit Metroidvania. It's, you know, your classic platformer shooter type game. It's got, like, a, a great cast of comedians playing the weapons. And, I, you know, I just really enjoyed it overall. It's got some It's got some interesting plot twists and stuff like that going for it, too. And honestly, this game, playing this game, made me want to do my own CinemaSin style. Like, it literally made me want to start yet another YouTube channel and uh, nice. and start doing a CinemaSin style videos for video games. There is already two channels that do this, but they don't quite hit the same vibe, right? So, um, and one of them, if you look, if you Google Game Sins, you'll mostly see videos from this guy called Dartigan. And he does video game sin videos in the cinema sin style but it's not the same style of comedy when he does it it doesn't come across like the like the the funny over the top nitpicking that they do it comes across more like actual bitching you know like actual gotcha. actual bitter complaining and it just doesn't hit the you know I, I want to do one that is modeled specifically after CinemaSins, where it has the same running jokes and stuff, too. Like the, oh, this character is eating an apple, so that means they're an asshole. Or kids. Or, you know, <laughs> or the, you know, yes. blankety-blank-blank cliche. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I want to do it exactly like CinemaSins, with their, like, you know, with their snarky charm style. And this game, High on Life, is the game that made me want to do that. Like, for example, I, I would start the video off by just adding 20 sins for Justin Roiland. Just to be, you know, just to get it out of the thing. <laughs> exactly! See? Yes. See? Your laughter oh, indicates that this is something I should do. <laughs> that this is a thing yes. I should do. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah... To jump back into the topic, so that game came out in 2022, so that's why I was talking about it and just kind of got off track there. But, um, so, uh, like, uh, I, I think if we could stylize it, you know, like, we, we can jump around a little bit, but to hit the important parts first, if I had to go down, like, the list for each category, 
you know, and ask you what your favorite, this, that, and the other thing was of each year. Um, let's start with, um, I guess this will be an easy one for me. You might have to think about it, but a song that came out in 2022. Do you have a, a favorite favorite song? A favorite song that came out in 2022. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna hit categories. Ooh. You know, we're gonna hit we're gonna hit music, movies, TV shows, video games, all that shit. Uh, so, is there a a song? It doesn't have to be a whole album, but just a song that came out in 2022 that you really really liked. You know. Um, that you that I I can there was some decent music that came out in 2022 I if I had to choose one it has a little bit of nostalgia to it considering the sing the artist uh had a, 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 a had way from back to the early 2000s she went back to her roots in the her album love sucks uh, Avril Lavigne's, uh, but uh, Avril Lavigne's album "Love Sucks." But my favorite song from that album, I would have to say, was the first single on the album, and it is titled "Bite Me." Okay, okay, and this came yes, out. Last I will year. have to say, this came out last year. Yes, but no, oh yeah, Avril Lavigne. She, she, that entire album when she went back to her roots because I know she she kind of drifted off a little bit and went into some like more poppy type shit but this was like straight up <laughs> hello like, kitty like, emo emo yes. hello kitty goddamn <laughs> almost forgot about that one didn't you i almost did yes um but no she went back to her emo punk rock roots i like i loved it i, I really did nice nice <clears throat> back to them skater boy days yes yes that's exactly the style it came off as but there was a there was an award ceremony that happened last year, and there's a <laughs> his name came up again this year. Both of their names did actually. Uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the 2022 Oscar ceremony where Chris Rock made a joke about Jada and how she has little to no hair, and Will Smith kind of. Smack the ever living shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Yes, yes. The uh, the sla- <laughs> the slapping, the slapping. Yes, we've all. Yes, yes. Who hasn't heard of that by this point, right? What's funny oh about gosh. the Oscars, though, is that they differ from other award shows in the sense that they take place the year after the things that they are awarding, right? So yes. the 2021 Oscars were about 2020 movies. So since our topic is about 2022 year in review, it's actually safe to talk about the 2023 Oscars because all of the movies and things that won were things that came out in 2022. And I was pleased as punch to see that everything everywhere all at once basically swept the awards. That was a, a well-deserved I, I get to watch this year's Oscars. I need to find some place where I can fucking sit down and watch that. Ooh, yeah. I did. So. I did. I, yeah, I did. I did. I did miss the Oscars this year. I don't. I missed I don't the Oscars actually... last year too. Oh, uh, I, I missed the Oscars uh, last year too. I just I heard about the slap. That that was how I heard about. It. Yeah, I, oh, it yeah. was in. It was all over. It was all over fucking Facebook. Oh yeah, everybody <laughs> heard about that. I. 
Yeah, I don't actually watch the Oscars. I just look up the winners later. The only award show I actually pay any attention to anymore is the Game Awards every year. And yep. that's just because of my love for gaming as an art form. And I think it's just a very exciting show. But also because they usually uh, have announcements for things like games that are that are coming out. like, And they have like special reveals during these shows. But on the on the um, to continue with the uh, what I was the the song. So you've got your Avril Lavigne song, "Bite Me." Yes. Um, for yes. me, top song of twenty twenty two personally would have to be um, "Silent Running" by the Gorillas from their new album "Cracker Island." Um, although the album itself came out more recently, I want to say the song came out you know i actually could be wrong about that i actually think i'm sorry i think that song actually came out this year as a single so i would have to take that back and actually say new gold then because that one did yeah silent running came out a month ago new gold came out last year though that much i do know so new gold it is then that would be my there you go my, my, my <laughs> favorite song from 2022 Unfortunately, there we go. Yeah, Silent Running will be in my 2023 review because not because yes. uh, like I was gonna say that that is a really good, really good song. I put it up there with Melancholy Hill, like one of the best Gorillaz songs ever made. Um, nice, but can't get too deep into that one because I was wrong about the release. So New Gold, also a really good one. Just like I really enjoy the vibes of that one, and it uh, it's, it's it's catchy and it's 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 vibes, you know. <laughs> um, it's a great hangout song, a great mm. a great relaxed time song. <clears throat> so very much so. That that is um, that's going to be my top song of 2022 is "New Gold" by the Gorillas, and you've got you've got Avril Lavigne. So. Um, any runner-ups for you in that in that area? Like, uh, you know, um, Machine Gun Kelly did put out another album last year titled um, "It Wasn't Tickets to My Downfall" because "Tickets to My Downfall" was the year before. I'm gonna have to look this up real quick. Give me one second. Indeed. Machine Gun Kelly. This one was called Mainstream Sellout. And I will have to say it's a toss-up between the song um, Maybe, because that song has, if I'm not mistaken, it's Machine Gun Kelly and Bring Me the Horizon. It's called Maybe. And then there's another one titled Emo Girl featuring Willow. Willow Smith, Will Smith's daughter. Okay. Yeah, those are the, that, that, it's a, the toss-up between those two. Okay. Well, you know me. I'm always listening to the weird shit, so yeah. I've got my... Um, I, um... I've, I've got my... Um... My uh, my runner ups are are usually you know stuff within that weird category. Um, so like so okay, so last year was the year that um your favorite Martian made a comeback 
um, yes, 2022, yes, yes. and they 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 made two sequels to Orphan the Orphan Tears song and rounded it out as a trilogy, which I thought was pretty clever. Then they just started <clears throat> doing a bunch of other songs and just putting out bangers in that oh, yeah. kind of way. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. I will say before we get too far off. Um, we we were talking about Machine Gun Kelly a second ago. Uh-huh. Um, there is a movie that he did uh, last year that it, it's it's called Good Morning, but morning with a U, like you're mourning someone's death. Okay, um, it's a stoner flick. Um, I actually I didn't I didn't watch it before I bought it. I just spent the money on it because I knew I was gonna like it because of the trailer and I could not have been more uh, uh, happier with the way he did it. It's dumb comedy. It's fucking hilarious. It, it's right. It's right up there with my sense of humor. Okay. Okay. And Megan and his, uh, his fiance, Megan Fox is in it as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, she is. I did not know they were together. Yeah. But that makes sense. <laughs> Um, yes. Sticking somewhat on the music topic, but also this will make a good segue as well. Um, so last year in September, a little indie-ish horror game came out called In Sound Mind. That um, it's a pretty pretty interesting little game that's got your like. It gives me like classic PC horror game vibes, like the like Cry of Fear. You know, it's got that mm-hmm. kind of like janky platforming to it, um, but also it's got like puzzle solving and a little bit of combat, resource management. You know, um, it's a very like old school survival horror game, but without like the the bullshit tank controls and other you know nonsense like that. It's got you know, it's in first person. It. It, it's like a, a modern horror game with old school horror game mechanics, and um, I really enjoyed okay. it. It's, it's like a, you're like a, a psychiatrist who's like diving into the minds of his different patients through these like audio tapes, and like each of the like each of the patients is like the stuff the, that they deal with is represented by like a, a ghost or monster in that level. Like, a good example would be a girl who dealt with uh, self-esteem issues. The first level you go to is a supermarket where she killed herself. Uh, There was, you know, you find out through, you know, uh, context clues and notes that you pick up and stuff that, like, her self-esteem issues brought on by mistreatment from her mother got to be too much. And one day she, like, saw herself in the mirror at a supermarket and freaked out, and she smashed the mirror and killed herself with it. And now her ghost haunts the supermarket. So you, as the mechanic, and when you're playing that level, um, you have, you have like, a mirror shard with you that, like, reveals hidden secrets. But also, whenever the ghost girl shows up, in order to... Um, there's like a Medusa mechanic where you have to hold the mirror shard up and show her her own reflection in order to scare her away, you know, Uh, and she stops, stops chasing you. And there's just different ways to deal with the different, like each enemy is different in the second level. It's, uh, 
kind of like Alan Wake, where you have to use light to fight off shadow monsters, and in the third level, it's more action-y, because the guy that you're dealing with has anger problems, so he's represented by a giant mechanical bullhead inside a, tr- a train scrapyard, and you have to, like, shoot his eyes out as he's charging at you and stuff. You literally defeat him by feeding him pills <laughs> in, in the at the end of his level. Um... So you just deal with a lot of that, but each level has a vinyl record hidden in it that you can find and take back to your office and play it. You may remember seeing a clip from this in one of my reactions and highlights where I was super into the song that was playing, and there was like a cat. A talk, I do remember that, yeah. a, a talking cat, and I was like, oh, I'm pointing a gun at you, and I shouldn't be, you know? Yeah, yes. I remember that, yep. Mm-hmm. So the song that you was got- playing at that point was called Me and the Boys. Um, okay. And... It is a, it is probably one of my favorite songs from the soundtrack. All the songs from that soundtrack are great. But that one in particular, um, I don't know, just gives me uh, like Gorillaz vibes, honestly. But it's by a band called The Living Tombstone. And this they did the entire soundtrack for the game. Um, and it just gives me like... I... I I don't know how to explain it. Like, each of their songs is different, because the one they do for the bull guy is, like, an angry rock song, and the one, you know, Me and the Boys is the one that they do for the giant radio tower monster who was, like, a former military guy. It's... All the songs are great. All the songs are beautiful and well done, and each one, if you listen to the songs that they wrote for each of those characters, it adds to their backstory, so I think this is one of those perfect examples. It's not even a rhythm game. It's just a horror game. But like I feel like the songs that are part of the soundtrack that you can find and listen to in-game are all adding context to the overall narrative of each of these characters that you're like helping resolve their issues and pass on and whatnot. And um, it's one of the reasons I really like that game because it used music as part of the narrative, you know, um, so I highly recommend it, like, anyone that play that game also listen to the songs that go along with it as a supplement to the story, because it's only by both playing the game and listening to the songs that you can truly fully understand the struggle of each of these characters individually, you know? Very, very well done. Very well done game. And that came out September of last year, so that's a... That is that ends the music half and transitions us into video games. So that's one of the that's not my favorite game of 2022, but that is one of the games of 2022 that came out that I wanted to give some love to. So um, um, if I had to say my my favorite 2022 game game of the year was obviously God of War Ragnarok. No holds barred. Couldn't be. It's not even a competition for me. Like, I didn't play Elden Ring because it's not my kind of game, but, like, the, so it was easily God of War Ragnarok. But also Plague Tale Requiem also came out last year, and Plague Tale Innocence was my game of the year when it came out. So, and God of War 2018 was my game of the year when it came out, so it was definitely going to be between those two regardless, you know. Oh, yeah. two, two sequels to two previous winners both came out this year, so... Mm-hmm. Um, Horizon Forbidden West also came out last year, but I'm currently still playing it, so it didn't even make my list because I didn't get far enough into it to really, uh, to really give it any love. So tell me about the games you played in 2022 
that actually came out in 2022 and which like what was your favorite you know your game of the year or whatever last year i'd have to say i'd have to piggyback off of you and this was already going to be my my game of the year but obviously god of war ragnarok hands down i have not beaten it yet but it is definitely game of game of the year material nice but there was one other game that I found myself playing quite frequently, and it came out in March last year, much like the this year's came out this month. Um, it is WWE 2K22. 2K22. Um, now, did that I, actually come out last year, or did it come out yes. at the end of the yes, previous year? Because I know a lot of those sports games, like, they will release the next year's title at the end of the year before. So, like, at the end of 2021, they'll put 2022 out. At the end of 2022, they'll put 2023 out. That's how they do well, it a lot with those sports it, games. They actually kind of fucked up a little bit, because usually, yes, the, uh, the originally those games were coming out in October of the year prior but what they did is when they released to WWE 2K20, they released it too soon. And there was so much wrong with the game that there was a bunch of people from 2K that left the company because of the failed product. And that's like WWE is one of their biggest contracts. Um, the... Um, the fact that that game failed so miserably, they took a year off and they did some the the, the in twenty twenty one they released a game called WWE two K Battlegrounds, which is like almost like an arcade version of, of like an old wrestling game, but it had all of like the current uh, they had some legends in there, but they had uh, had a lot of current wrestlers in there too. And that was an absolute, like, I could even go as far as, like, skipping completely over that game and completely forgetting that it exists. It was so bad. Um, But that is why they released, they took time. They took their time with WWE 2K22, and they actually released it uh, in March last year, so they kind of it kind of worked itself out in a way, but there's only a few complaints I have about 2K22. Is one the the DLCs came out way too like back to back ish, and they could have stretched it out a little further as far as the release. They released like one maybe two uh, DLC packs over the course of maybe three or four months and then it was done um but that and the god-awful card game that nobody asked for to be put in that game (laughs) (laughs) okay i mean with with video games like would easily just kind of like sit here and go down my top 10 list for the year and i'm not gonna do that because and be here all night but like definitely some I don't have a list per se, but those are two of the biggest ones. There's definitely some standouts for me, though, that like I feel like they just didn't get enough love themselves. Like, uh, yeah. just some underrated gems. Like, there was an exclusive game on Xbox called As Dusk Falls that uh, oh. 
was a really good like choice based narrative one that came out on Game Pass. Then there was a game um, that came out on multiple platforms called Road ninety six that also had like a choice based thing, but it had like a also like a little bit of a roguelike element, a little bit of a survival thing. It it was hard to explain, but it's like procedurally generated in the way that like. Every time you play the story, you play as a different teenager trying to cross the border, and whether or not you make it, the story goes on. You know, with a new with a new teenager, and it's it, it just it has a lot to say, and I think it was very well done. And like uh, Final Fantasy did something experimental last year with uh, Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise, kind of like a reboot slash sequel slash prequel to the original Final Fantasy game. I don't really know what what they're doing. There's like a interdimensional thing but yeah so like those were just like a couple of standouts for me from last year um you know you mentioned god of war ragnarok in your wrestling game any other games that came out in 2022 that you really you know uh, didn't go simulator 3 come out last year it did yes that was one okay yep yep goat simulator 3 the president the president no the well the Sequel, technically prequel to the first one, because they completely fucking skipped over Goat Simulator 2. They did so much with this game, so much more than the last one, and I could not be happier. Like, it's... You can fucking drive around in a fucking car as a goat, and, and like, and, like, when you blow shit up, you stay on fire for a few minutes and you can headbutt and it'll shoot fireballs and shit. Like one of the other cool things in the game is like, if you, if you're driving around or you're, you just decide you want to headbutt one of the electric car chargers, it'll zap you. And if there's a car attached to that said charger or you, you, um, headbutt a car that's attached to an electric car charger, it, there's like nobody in the car, but the car will fucking, um, it'll charge itself up and it will like drive itself off into whatever building or whatever body of water it's near. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. That's, that is pretty hilarious. I, uh, yeah, those games are just chaotic fun. I'm looking forward to <laughs> yes. finally giving it a try. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but when I do, You'll be one of the first people to know because I think you and I will be recording a Let's Play of that one. Absolutely, yes we will. So that'll be something for people to look forward to in the near future. So, well that's video games. Um, Let's talk movies. Movies of 2022. There were a lot of them and it was a really good year for horror movies in fact i would say um, it was it was a good movie it was a good year for for in a way for disney movies too yeah there were some decent disney movies there were some good um we had you know our usual marvel stuff so you know i'll obviously have to bring up some of that um yes i will be saying okay so uh what did we get last year we had we had three we get three MCU movies a year so we had um, Thor: Love and Thunder we had Multiverse of Madness and we had Wakanda Forever all right uh, easily out of the three of those the best one was clearly Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness um, 
by a large margin, for me anyways. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, had a continuation of the best Marvel TV show so far, WandaVision, um, even though it completely undid everything that WandaVision did. Uh, it was still a good show um, and good movie. I liked I liked the horror vibe that they added to it. I loved the cameos that we got. Absolutely, yes. Um, and stuff and like that. And last year was also the year that they finally added, uh, let's see, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan onto the streaming platform Disney+. Plus. That's a first for Disney+, Plus because all three of those are R-rated films. They also added all the Netflix shows and kept them completely intact as well. And let's not forget that very soon we are getting, um, I think it's maybe next year, we're getting um, a Daredevil show on Disney+. Plus. Awesome. So, and it's going to be R-rated. It's going to be, you know, TVMA or whatever, just like the Netflix shows. Right. And it's going to be, they, they, they planted the seeds for it in the She-Hulk show, uh, which I'm going to talk about more in the TV show stuff. But, like, he, he, okay. he makes several appearances in that show, and yes. that's where they, like, they plant the seeds for that. So, but yeah, still on the Marvel movies topic, uh, you know, Multiverse of Madness, fantastic. Wakanda Forever was okay. Uh, really good stuff with the Chadwick Boseman stuff. Pretty good, solid movie for the most part. I enjoyed the Ironheart stuff that they added in. I like the stuff they're setting up. I, I always love seeing Martin Freeman as CIA agent Ross. I love the Madam Hydra stuff that they threw in to hint towards the Thunderbolt stuff that's coming in the future. Good to see Julia Louise Dreyfus is still getting work, and um, but of course, uh, I did take a I did have a couple issues with that movie. The biggest one being that some of the scenes are really dark, and when I say dark, I don't mean like tone wise. I mean visually, they're just really hard to see. It's like that one Game of Thrones episode from season eight that everyone complained about. It's literally like impossible to tell what's going on because it's just too right. dark it's just way too dark visually dark and hard to see um gotcha. but like i did like the stuff and i like you know we get our first official mutant and use of the word mutant in the mcu with this movie as well in the villain namor so okay. that was a um that was a nice little touch as well. You know, we're just getting closer and closer to getting Wolverine and Deadpool in the MCU because Deadpool oh, 3... Oh, I can't fucking, cannot fucking wait. Deadpool 3 is going to be an MCU movie. Yes. Yes, so. it is. Um, so they're just they're that. just hinting more and more at the, at the you know, the X-Men stuff with different yep. things. And um, so I like the little nods to that. And then, of course, you know, I think most people would agree the worst MCU movie to come out this year was Thor Love and Thunder, <laughs> which hey, no, no, no problem for anyone who actually liked it. I liked parts of it, but it's the movie is like it just it embodies the word cringe through a good portion of its runtime. <laughs> I will say the the one scene that I really enjoyed, it, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna show off a little bit of my flamboy inside for a second. I really enjoyed the scene where Thor's ass was on display for everyone to see. <laughs> but the one part about that scene that was really fucking cringy was the fact that the the, the tone of Zeus's voice. 
no, yeah. That threw, me, that I, threw me the fuck off. I did not like <laughs> Russell Crowe's Zeus in that movie at all. No, he was no. Not very. You know horrendous. what it reminded me of is like in the third Pirates movie when they're all when they're <laughs> all sitting around about? you're laughing you're already <laughs> laughing because you already know where about? I'm going. Yes. <laughs> yes, when they're all having that meeting at the Pirates Cove or whatever, and like like Elizabeth is the new king of pirates and she gives that you know rousing speech about war, and like the one dude that had the other guy talking for him the whole time finally stands up and <laughs> says something and he's like. And so we shall go to war. <laughs> like, yes, yes, that, yes, absolutely. That's exactly what that reminded me of. Holy shit! I was just not I'm expecting. Okay, so like, Ru- Russell Crowe is this big, gruff, manly man. He's got like a manly man's man beard, and he was in these big, tough, manly man movies like Gladiator. And he comes in playing big, manly man god Zeus, and he decides to use the voice of a new born puppy it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> right <laughs> like you he know i was expecting other fucking voice. he's fucking and zeus he his voice is supposed to boom like thunder like oh, i am zeus and he comes in like today we shall have a meeting <laughs> yes. it, was, it just it just that didn't... was fuck- it was fucking horrendous let's just say that it didn't make any sense to me and i i you it, know no, i no. I think the, the 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 screaming goats joke for me was already <laughs> oh was God. already played I out the year my, that it came I out. Lost my shit. I lost my shit. <laughs> they did it. They just did it too much. I guess if they want to make a reference to a dead joke from 2016, several years in the future, fine. But like, sure, why but, not? But but. They didn't have to do it like 14 goddamn times throughout the entire movie. <laughs> that just got to be too much after a while. <laughs> I lost it every time. I lost I... it every fucking time. Oh, shit. And also oh. when um, uh, Axel or Astrid or Axel, like, they're, when their head, like when they're, when they're doing like the communication thing and their head is like floating and Thor is talking to them, it's just really bad CGI at that part. That part CGI is really bad. Also, I thought in Thor Ragnarok, the whole Matt Damon uh, thing, like, was pretty funny, where they're, like, reprising (laughs) what happened in the previous movie. But, like, but then, see, that's what, that's the problem, is that, like, they didn't, they relied too heavily on repeating old jokes that worked in the previous movie and then just, like, doubled down on them and extended them too long. They did the Family Guy thing where they're like, hey, remember how that got a laugh and was popular on the internet? Let's do it again, but this time extend it for, like, five fucking minutes until people get tired of it. Yeah. They did that, like, you know, Family Guy had that whole, like, Willy Wonka bit where Peter runs home and he falls down and hurts his knee and he goes... Ah, you know, and it's like it's funny the first time you see it, but then they do it again like seventeen times in like fourteen different episodes. And there's one episode where it goes on for like fucking three and a half minutes, way too long. <laughs> you know, that was and, the entire portion of like maybe, and then it, it it does it from the time it comes back from a commercial, and then it does it the entire way. To the commercial. Yes, yes. Or like the the time where they they needed to kill time, so they just put on an entire Conway Twitty song. Like the entire fucking song. Oh my god, I couldn't fucking stand that shit. I I, I almost turned that episode off, bro. I'm not even kidding. I'm glad I watched it back on Hulu, 
because I fast forwarded through that shit. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder. Now to say what I, now to be fair, I do have to say what I did like about it. The part where they go to that planet, that asteroid, and it's like all black and white. That was really well done. I think the visually, oh, it reminded me of it reminded me of Sin City because it's mostly black and white, but some things are in color, like their eyes or like the so, the lightning bolts in color. You know the 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 important shit is all in color. Um, and like Christian Bale's performance in that movie, like he was too good for that movie. Like that was he was really good in that, and like he was like the only one taking that movie seriously, you know. Oh. Um, and of course, um, <clears throat> have to give a little nod to the um, like the scene where he's attacking the new Asgard and sending his shadow monsters after the kids, and it like cuts to him up on that hill in front of the graveyard, in front of the moon, it's like a silhouette, and he's wearing the hood. That was really cool visually, like, scene-wise. That reminded me of, like, a dark Assassin's Creed-type thing, you know? Um, Very beautiful, like, very cool, dark imagery there, you know? Just very sinister-looking stuff. So, I really did enjoy... I really did enjoy some parts of that movie, but that's... It, it it had it had a like a a tone and pacing problem, I think, in some in some areas. But that was just the Marvel movies of last year. Like I said, last year was good for horror movies too, like really good for horror movies. We had speaking of um, horror movies, there was a movie that not a lot of people know about, but it's a Peacock original, and it is called They Them. It is about. It's got Kevin Bacon in it. It's uh, a group of teenagers at an LGBTQ plus conversion camp endures unsettling psychological techniques while being stalked by a mysterious masked killer. It is, I, I will have to say, out of all of the different like horror movie blockbusters that came out last year, this gem, I will have to say topped all of that okay simply because of the, the the topics that they touched in it was some topics that i've never seen done in a fucking horror movie bro okay it was good it's 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 called they them and at one point there's a scene in the movie where uh, all of the, the the kids that are at this camp uh, are they they start singing, and this is I, I got to backtrack. This isn't a song that came out last year, but this movie this this song was in the movie, but it's a song by Pink, and it's it, it, it fits the movie so well. It's uh, fucking perfect by Pink. Okay, so yeah. um, so. Talking about horror movies that came out last year, I have seen a bunch of them, but not all of them. But I heard it was a good year for horror, so I, I you know, I spent the past couple of months playing catch up, and I have seen um, at this point and can highly recommend uh, the Black Phone is one with Ethan Hawke. It's a ghost movie. It was written by, um, or it's based on a short story written by Stephen King's son. And it has a lot of his, he's got a lot of his father's talent when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, 
And uh, I highly recommend this one because it is one of those ghost movies where the ghosts are the good guys trying to help the kid escape from the killer that's kidnapped them. Um, it's not it's not heavy on jump scares and stuff. It's more atmosphere. It's 80s horror with your typical like bullies and abusive dad and shit like that. But um, and uh, let's see. Uh, Smile came out last year. Which was a very, very interesting one. Um, I still need to watch that. Okay, I was going to say, if you've seen any of these, let me know. And you can give your input as well. But Smile, I really enjoyed. I did enjoy Smile, but I will say that what what Smile is doing has been done before and better in a movie called It Follows. Um so if you ever see seen... that one, I did see that one. Okay, so if you've ever seen It Follows and you had any love for that, Smile is basically a very, very similar premise, but instead of being about STDs, it's about trauma. Okay. So, yeah, um, it's got basically it's It Follows meets The Ring in a way. Um, when you think about it, uh, it's still really good though. Um, Another one I saw last year, the Anya Taylor-Joy was in, I'm not sure if I would call it horror per se, but she was in a movie called The Menu, which can be watched on HBO Max. It is a, I would call it a highbrow satire of uh, a certain type of culture of rich people. It's one of those eat the rich type movies. Um, it's very, it's like a dark, it's a dark comedy about food snobs is the best way to put it. Um, okay. She, you know, they get invited to this like very hoity-toity, uh, you know, showcase of food tasting by that's run by this very like Gordon Ramsay style chef. You know, he's like very like nitpicky and uh, very uh, critical of the yeah. dishes, and he. Uh, you know, things start off pretty normal enough, but eventually things start getting really messed up when, and people start dying. And, uh, it's, it's definitely worth a watch because it makes, it makes some really good jokes. Um, but it also has like a really good, like story to it. And it's got the, like, you want Anya Taylor-Joy's character to survive. You want her to make it to the end. You know, you're rooting for her in this because she's just a regular person among all these rich assholes, you know? And you get the feeling that some of the people who are here might deserve to be here, you know, um, as you're watching it. So it's just, it's just kind of fun to watch these people rip themselves and each other apart. So the menu that's a that's another good one and another horror comedy that came out last year is Bodies 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 with Pete Davidson. Um okay. That's another good one. That one is making fun of like millennials and TikTok culture and I would also say it's another eat the rich movie cuz all the characters in this movie are like spoiled rich nepo babies, you know. Um they're like, uh, you know, they were born with a silver spoon up their ass. So they're, um, and, you know, but they're like, they're, they're playing like Pete Davidson is like our age, but in this, he's playing like younger, you know, these rich kids are all, you know, hanging out, you know, doing drugs, getting drunk and they're playing 
a game called Bodies, 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 where, you know, somebody pretends to be dead and then they have to guess who quote unquote killed them. It's like Werewolf, you know, the card game Werewolf. Um, and, uh, but then real bodies start showing up and it becomes a real murder mystery. But it's definitely, it's got an air of comedy to it too, because it's like, you know, millennial culture, you know, they're like arguing things like, can you stop your triggering me and shit like that, you know, so they do, you know. There was another horror movie that came out last year and I was actually, I I just, I didn't, again, I didn't rent this one or watch it on any streaming platform before I I bought it. I I straight up just spent the money because I wanted to to watch it and it had just been released for purchase. Spirit Halloween, the movie, that was actually really good. It has Christopher Lloyd in it. Um, It's, if I wanted to compare it to something, I would compare it to like, Almost the kids version of um, the Halloween franchise. Okay, but it's set in the set. It, it's not not a kids movie by any means, but it 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 it, it, it was. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily. It's def, It's not. It's not. It's no kids movie by any means. But in comparison to Michael Myers, it's rainbows and butterflies. Okay. Okay, you know what you actually <clears throat> just reminded me of? Um, what? This, I guess you could technically relate this to movies, too. I am jumping backwards a little bit, but before I forget, two video games came out last year by the same developer that are basically interactive horror movies. We got the spiritual successor to Until Dawn, which is The Quarry. and yes. And we also got the final entry in the current season of... Um, of the Dark Pictures anthology, The Devil and Me. Okay. So, um, both of those came out last year, and people who have any love for, excuse me, any love for horror, horror movies, or the types of video games that are basically interactive movies, you know, like Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, that kind of shit, where you make choices that change the story. These are the games, you know, if you like the kind of stuff where if a character dies, they stay dead and the story goes on without them. Definitely, definitely The Quarry and The Devil in Me. Um, the Devil in Me, I'm actually still putting episodes of my Let's Play out. That one was that one was really good. Based on the real-life serial killer H.H. H. Holmes, known for being the original Jigsaw. You know, he booby-trapped the hotel that he owned. You know, he put people in, like... Uh, like death traps, like gas chambers and shit. Um, <clears throat> so the way that they end up implementing it into the game is pretty well done. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and switch genres. There's two comedy movies that I want to uh, that I want to talk about. Uh, one of them, uh, actually, both of them have a bit of nostalgia to them. One of them uh, has. Uh, uh, it, 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 they, it's the third installment to the Clerks series. So Clerks 3, I will have to say, I absolutely fucking loved it. I will say, I'm not going to say anything as far as spoilers go. All I am going to say is if you watch it and you have emotionally invested yourself in these characters, when you watch Clerks 3... Make sure you have a tissue box nearby. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Okay. That's all I that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not saying shit else. <laughs> okay. The other comedy film, the fourth and final Jackass movie, Jackass Forever. Uh I will I do have one major complaint about it. And I feel like they didn't <clears throat> I understand parts of why they had to completely remove Bam Margera from the project, considering he wasn't following uh, all the rules that they were giving him as far as his substance abuse. But right. one of the medi- it was basically what the, the medication that he was on prescribed by a doctor was on the list of <clears throat> substances that was not allowed by uh, Paramount Pictures, which I think is really shitty. But I mean, business is business, and <clears throat> it's it just sucks that Bam wasn't there considering he was a huge part of the first three movies and the show when it launched back in, I think it was 2000, if if I'm not mistaken. I think it launched in the year 2000, if I'm not wrong. Um, But that was was another one of my favorites from last year. And I, I, that has probably the most graphic out of all of the jackass films oh i believe it so <laughs> I, um, so i did uh i did have one more horror movie now that i think about it it, it i double checked to make sure it was last year um was nope the third movie in the jordan peele horror movie franchise uh yeah get out and then nope and, I um, missed it when it was on Peacock. Is it still on Peacock? Yes, it is. Okay. I um, might have to watch that soon before and again, it leaves. Again, he has like a message to tell. This one actually has two different messages, I think, depending on how you interpret it, which is really good because the Get Out was about racism. Us was about social class divide. This movie is actually, interestingly enough, about animal exploitation. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. And about like the mistreatment of animals for um, for entertainment purposes, but it's not only that; it's also about cameras and how cameras can both be um, a savior for and a detriment to the black community. Like how cameras can help you know provide evidence of things like police brutality and stuff like that, but can also be turned against them when it comes to things like you know riots and shit. So it's there's so there's actually two messages being told in here, one about animal cruelty and one about the camera as a as a frenemy, you know, Um, and it's it's a very well told story through visual metaphors. There are some really, really cool scenes. The movie shifts tones and genre a little bit. It is horror at its core, but only to a certain degree. I would argue that this one is less horror and more sci fi thriller than anything um and uh because it is alien based ish but you know i don't want to spoil anything for anyone it's just it's not what you think there's there's more to it than that um you know you just have to think very strongly about like wild animals and how they work and um the movie makes sense it's 
it's it's it's it's very well done and it near the end of the movie it it shifts there is like one or there is like a couple of scenes that are definitely horror like they were definitely horrific scenes like seeing people being digested alive was pretty frightening uh, um and there's like a, a like a raining blood scene that's really really cool uh but like near the end of the movie it definitely shifts into like a like more like action i would even say western feeling you know it's got like like chase music and stuff like that you know it's like they're like trying to wrangle like a wild beast you know um so it's it's very cool and yeah i I would say it's definitely one of his better ones i still think my personal favorite movie of his is probably us but get out or not get out but um nope definitely deserves some strong recognition um oh and there's also like a whole side story with like a a chimpanzee that was part of like a sitcom that like went crazy and like murdered the people on the set of the show and it's supposed to be a real life parallel to the true story of travis the chimp who like turned on his owners and like ripped the lady's face off you know um so there's a lot to do with that and steven young is in this movie uh those familiar may know him as Glenn from The Walking Dead. Um, so he he plays a major role in this movie, and um, Daniel Kaluuya returns uh, from. He's not playing the same character, but he was the main character in Get Out, so he returns in this movie as well to play the main character again. Uh, Keith David, the name I couldn't remember earlier, he's in this in the beginning playing his dad, um, and. Um, there is, uh, and, um, what's her, uh, Kiki Palmer is in this as well as the sister. Um, okay. I thought that was really good. There was a few things that came out last year. I didn't see Top Gun Maverick, but a lot of people did, and I know that was nostalgic for them, and I'm sure they enjoyed it. I heard a lot of people enjoy it. I mean, it, it was nominated for Best Picture, but <laughs> to be fair, so was Avatar 2, so this, the bar was kind of yeah. low this year. <laughs> Right, like, yeah, no, I did not see uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick, I did not. Um, no, I did see Avatar 2, and I will admit... How that was that? I did, little, I, had, as, I, I did not see that one. As little of a shit as I actually gave, you know, like, I was basically dragged to it by PJ because he was like, Oh, bro, this movie's so good, you gotta see it, you gotta see it, I really... Alright, you know what, if it's on your dime, I'll go, you know, <laughs> I'll see it, you know what? Like, he was offering, I was like, you know what, I'll pretend to like it for the sake of getting a free movie. <laughs> If I have to, but no, so like, no, I was honest with my thoughts about it, but I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Like, so like the first movie was impressive to me because it was a new thing with like the, the three, the digital 3d technology. And like, it was just, the movie was kind of ahead of its time visually, but it wasn't doing anything new story wise. You know, it was just Pocahontas with blue aliens. Right. It wasn't, but the second movie is better. It is admittedly way better than the first one. I cannot lie about that. I still have a lot of issues with it, though. There's, like, plot holes, and certain characters make stupid decisions, and the the Jake Sully guy is still, like, has all the personality of a wooden stick. So I don't really care about him. But his kids actually make really good characters. I like his kids. 
And they seem to be setting it up for them to be the protagonists of the coming movies in the future. So it's like they're moving away from Jake Sully and his screaming wife and and onto their kids, you know? Okay. Um, and, like, I don't mean anything bad. Like, I love Zoe Saldana. She's great as uh, Gamora. And she's great in everything she's in. But, like, her character in the Avatar movie, they did her dirty in the second movie. Most of her dialogue just boils down to her crying and screaming about different things. It was not fair at all. Like, she's a much better actress for the, than that. Like, she deserves better dialogue than that bullshit that they watered her down to in that movie. It's it's a great visual feast, um, but I will say like when they do the final showdown, like the big battle scene and all that, man, it's like half of it is literally just Titanic again. Like James Cameron is just like the the entire like it's like a James Cameron showcase of all of his talents. Like look at the things I can do. It's you know, and like their their final battle literally takes place on a big sinking ship. Like it's. Um, uh, yeah, it feels very Titanic-y at that point. It feels like a James Cameron grab bag of greatest hits. But it this movie, the, the underwater scenes are really beautiful and really well done. And I would say far superior to the underwater scenes of Wakanda Forever. Um, and it's also like a, um, a very good, I, I would call it a good setup movie for what's to come in the near future. Right? Yeah. Like it's... It's it's not really doing a whole lot of new things, but it is somewhat original, and it does feel though like they're like leaning too heavily into the Avatar name and going with elements now because this one was called The Way of the Water, and the next movie is literally going to be focused on a village of fire people. So, um, I feel I'm like, come on now, you can't lean too closely to the other Avatar because it is far superior to you and a completely different thing, and you're just going to piss off that fan base. Uh, you know, of course, I'm talking about the animated series on Nickelodeon, um, yes. which is a really good, really good series. Now, there's another movie that came out last year, and it was a Roku original movie. Everybody knows and loves this guy. Well, whoever doesn't love him is crazy. Raymond? But, I mean, huh? Raymond? No. Oh, well, everybody loves Raymond, so I thought that's who you were talking about. Oh, uh, Weird Al. The, 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 Al, the, weird, the, the, uh, the Al Yankovic story. Um, oh, but, oh, yeah, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe played the role of Weird Al and actually did a very, very, very good job at uh, portraying him. I actually really enjoyed his performance. Uh, and Weird Al himself, Al Yankovic was actually in the movie as uh, oh, I'm not going to give away his role, but he um, y'all just have to go and go and watch it at some point. Um, it's free on the Roku channel. If you have a Roku TV or if you just make a, a Roku account, you can download the Roku remote app on your uh, Android device, iPhone, uh, Apple device or whatever. And you can watch it on there if you don't have a Roku TV or a Roku streaming device. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, Hilarious. I had almost forgotten about that about that biopic that came out because there were a couple of biopics last year because um, 
Ah, uh, fuck. When did Elvis... Yeah, Elvis was last year, so that was another one that came out. Yeah, with uh, Tom Hanks doing his worst Colonel Sanders impression. <laughs> um, but yeah, Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al, so he went from playing Harry Potter to playing Harry Pothead after all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. I like how my everyone loves Raymond joke gets no reaction out of you, but Harry Pothead is the one that you laugh at. <laughs> I mean, I, you kind of threw me off guard with the everybody loves Raymond joke. That was kind of, that, I mean, it was, don't get me wrong, it was fucking funny. It just, it took me a second, like, wait, what? Bro. By that point, he was like, it's not worth laughing. Let's just keep talking. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, Um, shit. This makes me think that I should just just do, like, all of my Let's Plays with a guest from now on, so it's like the Game Grumps. (laughs) Well, so as far as animated movies go, last year was the, uh, it was kind of controversial. But if you look at it as a movie all on its own, and actually, if you look at it like this, it's uh, Disney and Pixar's Lightyear with Chris Evans as the role of Buzz Lightyear. If you look at it like this, it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. Look at it as the movie that Andy went to go see in the first movie to get really excited about the toy that he got for his birthday. That's the movie it's, Andy saw in theaters. It's the game based on the movie based on the game. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> See the movie based on the toy based on the based on the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, no. See the movie based on the toy based on the movie based on the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you have to do some extra thinking, like, huh? People were so stupid with the way they reacted like that. They're like, what? Tim Allen's not playing Buzz Lightyear? It's, it's, it's because politics, isn't it? It's because they don't like his politics. No, you fucking stupid fucks. It's because... It's not a Toy Story movie. It's a Lightyear movie. Exactly, because this is not the Buzz Lightyear toy that Tim Allen played. This is the actual astronaut that was in the movie that Andy saw that made him want to get the toy. See, I was confused because I thought that he was like a real astronaut in the Toy Story universe and the action figure was based on the real astronaut, not a fictional in-universe movie that Andy saw when he was a kid. But but is the movie that he watches in-universe based on a real astronaut, though? That's the part I didn't understand. It gets even more confusing when you remember that there was an animated series called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command where, like, that completely wiped from the fucking Disney vault, and it can't, you can't find that shit anywhere. It's that that animated series was literally based on the toy Buzz Lightyear, you know, because he fought Emperor Zurg and shit like that in the. And I remember, I know I didn't imagine the shit because I remember his sidekicks. There was like a robot and a pretty green lady and a big a big red dude, you know. (laughs) You know, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Yes. Another good animated movie that came out last year was DC League of Super Pets with Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart and a plethora of other voice actors. 
fucking I mean, amazing. The Rock, fucking the Rock just needs to adopt Kevin Hart at this point. He's like, <laughs> he does. everything in the oh my god. You know, like, just Isn't carry it? him around, carry him around a little baby Bjorn everywhere the, he goes. The way those two go back and forth is fucking hilarious. Like they 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 did they did impressions of each other on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and they fucking yeah. played the clips back. That shit was fucking hilarious. And then they had the fucking like the the the, the tortilla challenge uh, that video that they did for TikTok, where they slapped the shit out of each other with tortillas, and Kevin Hart absolutely obliterated The Rock's face. <laughs> like holy shit! Now I guess I would be. I'd be remiss if you're going to talk about animated movies and not mention, um, I haven't seen it myself, but I've seen enough clips to know it's good. The uh, very unique, the best thing that the Shrek universe has brought us, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, With, might I mention, John Mulaney as little Jack Horner, one of the villains. Yes, yes. And he's a true villain from what I've seen in that movie. He has no redemption. He has no feelings, no soul. He is just bad. He is just one, like, completely cut and dry bad. And, like, I appreciate that. In... To give. Yeah. And I know that they got, like, Goldilocks in this one. And then there's a wolf, but he's actually death. And, like, the plot is that. Uh... <laughs> that part's actually really fucking funny. The part, the plot is oh, that Puss, Puss is actually down to his last life. Like he's actually died eight times, and he's on his last life. You well, know, when Puss in Boots discovers that his passion for adventure has taken a toll, and he and he has burned through eight of his nine lives, he launches an epic journey to restore them by finding the mythical last wish. Yeah, yeah, but it's he's not the only, he's really not the only one after it. It's like a race. Between him and Gold, Goldilocks and Jack Horner. Exactly. You know. And let's see, we also got uh, Salma Hayek in it, too, as Kitty Softpaws. Which, this is, so this is a, I, I want to say, this is a canonical continuation of the Puss in Boots side stories, because she was actually introduced in the first Puss, Puss in Boots movie. <laughs> Boots. <laughs> you said you said piss him. Ah, there's a lake in my boot. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh man. shit! That's that's just that's that's wrong. But no, um, um, Pussycat <clears throat> in Butalas. Uh, he. he uh, <laughs> so this is actually like a, you know, it's not just a spinoff. It takes place in the Shrek movie universe, and it's like a direct sequel, or maybe even a threequel. I want to say to the original Puss in Boots movie that introduced Kitty Softpaws. Originally, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any names, but I will say that there are some characters from the Shrek movies that made cameos in this one. Oh, that's good. That's yes. good. I also noticed from the trailer that that one cat who covers her mouth and goes "Oh" is back in this one too, because yes. like that was a that was some shit they introduced in the first Puss in Boots movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I noticed that the animation style is different in this one, though. They're going for kind of like a cel-shaded, almost comic book thing. It all—it reminds me of the Into the Spider-Verse movie, the Miles Morales one. Kind of. Kind of. It's not like that through the entire film, though. Okay, just certain scenes, I see. Uh, yeah. is is Because I was going to say, is any of it, like, animated like the original Shrek movies? Like Absolutely. Okay, okay, so it's just certain parts that are in that, like, interesting style. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's, like, um, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. I noticed that it's on, I want to say, Peacock right now, so... That's... Peacock right now, as we speak. Yep, so that's uh, <clears throat> that's a good place to watch it. But now I say it's time to get to, like, the, the, the best movie of 2022, for me, anyway, was Everything Everywhere All at Once. A, uh, didn't that win, like, film of the year? Yes, it won the Oscar for Best Movie as well as several other Oscars. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis took home an award. The director took home an <clears> award. <throat> a lot of good stuff there. This movie is, like, I've mentioned it briefly before in recommendations and stuff. But, yeah, it's basically a multiverse movie with a metaphor about learning to let go and a lot of other, like, important life lessons and stuff. And it's just, like... Even though a lot of it is, like, really goofy and weird at times, it's also just, like, visually fun to look at. It's by the production company A24, who is responsible for a lot of the, like, weird shit that we've been seeing lately. Like, Bodies, 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 for example, another movie I talked about earlier. Okay. Um, You know, I think they, they were also behind Hereditary and Midsummer, if I'm remembering correctly. I could be wrong about that, but... um. But, you know, Everything Everywhere All at Once is not a horror movie. It's like a fantasy adventure about multiverses with a important, important like, metaphorical lesson in it. I, let's just say it deserved the award. Like, it's the kind of thing that you're gonna... You might have to watch it more than once to truly appreciate it because you may be easily distracted by the fact that there are literally scenes where people are being murdered with dildos. You know? <laughs> um... <laughs> You know, among other things, like, there's a whole universe in that movie that's a parody of, like, Ratatouille, but instead of a uh, rat, it's a raccoon. Like, but, and some of that stuff is gonna stick out at first, like, what the fuck are they doing? This movie's weird. But if you, if you really sit there and think about it, like, really think about it, you will, you'll get it eventually. You'll understand what they're going for, you know. You'll, you'll figure it out. Um, it's... It, it's a truly beautiful movie, and I was glad to see the Oscars give some awards to something with more mainstream appeal this year because a lot of people have actually seen that. And yeah. it is on it's on Showtime, um, which you can get as an add on on Paramount Plus or Hulu or whatever you know, yes. or by itself. So, well, there's a couple of other movies that came out last year that I want to talk about. Well, um, what is your What is your top movie of 2022? Movie of 2022. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll do like a. Just, we'll do a. Let's get your top movie of 2022, and then we'll do a quick lightning round because we still got to do TV shows. Okay. Um. I'd have to go back to they them the uh, the LGBTQ slasher film for for Peacock. Okay. I have to say nice. That would be my that would be my film of the year for uh, for twenty twenty two. If you're giving it that uh, high price, then I may have to uh, 
I'll definitely have to watch it then. Yeah, so it's, it's a Peacock original. Um, if you have, uh, if you pay for the premium, uh, you should be able to watch it. I got a special deal where I get it for like a, a dollar a month for twelve months. Oh lord! So now, just to name I'll off be a watching couple that. more really quick. Um, if you have small children and you're looking for something that you can enjoy as well that has a little bit of nostalgia effect to it, it ha- it's called Blues Clues Big uh, Blues Ad- Blues Big City Adventure. It has all of the original like um, hosts from like all the way back to Steve in the green shirt. He makes an appearance. Uh, Joe makes an appearance, and then we have Josh, the new one that's that's doing the show right now. That uh, that uh, that I did get a, uh, a lot of nostalgia from simply because Steve was in it. Okay. Um, another one. If I, I'd, I'd be like, uh, we, we'd be a mess if we didn't talk about this one. But Sonic the Hedgehog two. That was last year. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I, yes. I, I both enjoyed and didn't enjoy that one more than the first one. It's weird because there are parts of it I like more than the first, and parts of it that I did not like as much as the first. I love that it felt more like a video game this time around. They had some direct references to the games, including like Sonic losing his rings when he got hit in that one fight oh, yeah. on the side of the mountain and shit. But then mm-hmm. they that whole the whole wedding shit, the whole side story with the wedding, I could have done without that and the uh, the dance battle scene that just kind of came out of nowhere at the bar. Yeah. Those two things were a waste of time. But the rest of the oh, movie absolutely. was great. Um, so my my quick lightning round, and I'm not going to dig deep into all of these, but just really quickly, I have to sh- throw out some love for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, which is the second one in that one. Barbarian, a horror movie that is not what you think it is at all. The less you know about that one going into it, the better. Trust me on this. Um, the Batman, which I'm surprised that we didn't mention, the one with Robert Pattinson as Batman, uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin, and, uh, John Turrito as, uh, Falcone. It is, oh, and, uh, fuck, who played Catwoman in that one? Uh, shit, I can't remember her name now. Um, Uh, Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Kravitz, yeah. Yep, Uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. So good. Such a great movie. I love that they did. I, I love that the Riddler was basically Jigsaw in this movie. I love, or like the Zodiac Killer, you know. I love the um, the whole Batman in his early stages prone to mistakes kind of thing. I loved Colin Farrell's Penguin. Best Batmobile in a Batman movie ever. Just all those things I have to say very, uh, really quick about it. Um, I no negative comments to myself about that movie. I was not the biggest fan of that one. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I was very impressed me, with it, but I have to, like, we ha- I have to separate Robert Pattinson from his Twilight history because judging him based off of those why. movies is unfair. <laughs> That's not even why. Like, the, but, uh, to, to me, the best, the, the one and only best part of that movie was towards, and this part was in the trailer, so it's not necessarily a spoiler, but it was at the very beginning of the movie, and he, it's when he, 
this, this guy is walking up with these group of thugs and he's like, who the hell are you? And he, without question, he starts beating the ever living shit out of him. And once he gets down to the ground, he fucking beats the shit out of him more. And he said, I am vengeance. It felt like a uh, felt like an Arkham game fight. The way it was choreographed, very well done. I just think oh. that this is this is the closest to like the way Batman is supposed to be in year two that we've actually gotten on screen so far. Um, yeah, that was my 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 biggest problem with the movie is uh, his Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne is kind of like an emo kid; doesn't come across very well. I do like Andy Serkis's Alfred though. Um, like a prepubescent Batman. Yeah, there was a, there's a part in that, there's a part in that movie where he basically literally says, you're not my real dad, you know, and I almost laughed. Like during that part in the movie, but then like they make up with it so so much. I think the movie could have been better. Like I loved it already, as I said. Um, you might be the only person I've met that didn't like that one so far. <laughs> but um, I, but you know, we're also like it's you know different directors have different styles, and I felt like this was horror Batman, and that's why I liked it. You know, this okay. was All this right. was going this was going that. for. This was going for like a um, because the Riddler was supposed to be like the Zodiac killer. This was supposed to be rated R originally, and if it was, we would have seen that guy's face get eaten alive by those rats, you know, shit like that. that. Get better, to be honest. Um, (laughs) There are certain things like I do think this movie has the best Batmobile we've ever gotten on the screen because the Batmobile itself feels like a character. It's like a demon that comes to life at night. And Batman is actually scary in this movie if you look at it from the criminal's perspective, which is what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be scary, you know, and there's that scene where he's chasing the penguin down the road and like his car flips upside down. and He looks over at the fire and the Batmobile just comes roaring through the fire, charging at him. That shit's fucking horrifying. I loved it. It was so visually perfect. <laughs> I but, might have to give it another watch. I, I think I, ju- I, I, I judged it too watch soon. It with a, think, watch yeah. it with a different perspective, maybe. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not one to try and convert people on, like, if you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, you didn't, whatever. But if you go back and watch it as a horror movie, you might see it differently. I'll, I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. I'll go back and watch... I'll go back and watch um <clears throat> I'll go back and watch the Batman if you go back and watch each and every episode of Velma. So I finish <laughs> up the season. You know that's not a fair trade, right? You're asking for a Charizard for a Caterpie. <laughs> like <laughs> Pokemon whippersnappers. <laughs> oh, um, shit. I will that say, by the way... so came out of left field. <laughs> um, so, alright then. Let's move on to TV shows. There were a couple of those. This is probably mostly going to be Star Wars and Marvel shit, if I'm being honest. Like, at this... You know, because it, uh, it's all at least Disney Plus one TV show at the very beginning of uh, the topic of the, the day. Yeah, so you did. You mentioned, um, yeah, so that's why I wanted to categorize it so that we were, uh, you know, instead of jumping around. But um, 
So you did mention Peace Peacemaker earlier. Yes, I did. Um, the uh, you know John Cena character, truly one of the best characters from that Suicide Squad movie, uh, came out with one of oh, the yeah. best the best scenes in that movie with the um, the camp execution scene. Just the way that whole scene was filmed was very well done, like Ooh. from a cinematography <clears throat> aspect. Honestly, um, there were a couple of great. Uh, MCU shows on Disney Plus this year. Um, I know. Let's see. She Hulk was 2022, and that was a really good one. Um, I enjoyed that. I like my fourth wall breaking meta meta stuff, and we got Daredevil in that show for several episodes as well. And the chemistry between the two of them was really well done. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock in his own show when it comes out. Um, and I loved. How they ended the show, uh, the She-Hulk show, with all the fourth wall breaking stuff and the, like, direct references to the MCU itself and the writer's room and stuff like that. It was very clever. Very well, very well done. I think if, if those, if her and Deadpool meet in the future, they're going to give each other a run for their money, <laughs> you know. Um, I will say there was one show, I watched one episode and I need to go back and watch the rest of them. But it was a show that premiered on Amazon Prime that I think a lot of the Lord of the Rings fans were really looking forward to. And that was Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Uh, Yes, I've watched a couple episodes of that and I also need to go back and finish it myself. Yes, but I did like it from what I watched. I absolutely fucking loved it. Um. So on the topic of Marvel shows still, we also got Miss Marvel and Moon Knight in 2022. I forgot Moon Knight was 2022. That one was pretty early. That was like one of the first ones. And we got Miss Marvel, and then we got She-Hulk. Um, Moon Knight I really liked. Do you want to talk about thing uh, superhero stuff having a horror vibe? Moon Knight had a horror vibe. And uh, also had Ethan Hawke in it as the villain. Nice. Horror thing with Ethan Hawke as the villain. Very well done. Focuses around Egyptian gods and a guy with like a split personality disorder where his other personality is a superhero that kills people, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. And Oscar Isaac does such a great job playing the role in this, uh, in this show. And then we have Miss Marvel, which was also really enjoyable. <clears throat> if you have any love for Spider Man Homecoming, or Scott Pilgrim versus the world or any of that kind of like that kind of thing where it's like it's live action but then there's like little like cartoon special effects that pop up on the screen every once in a while to indicate things like it does that kind of thing too like you know like the journal animation stuff Um, and that I think if you have any love for that kind of thing you would really enjoy that show you mentioned Rings of Power. I've only seen a few episodes of that. I need to go back and finish it too, but that I really, really um, have enjoyed what I've seen so far. I am just need to go back and finish it. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was a show on Disney Plus last year in the Star Wars universe. Did you see that one? I didn't. I, I did. Yes, I did. I loved you did? It. Okay. Um, I did, yes. Yes, yes. I, um... okay. So, taking place between Star Wars 3 and 4, the story of Obi-Wan and, um, you know, his confrontation once again with Anakin, a.k.a. Darth Vader, and him, like, glad on, they on brought, Luke. I'm glad they brought back Hayden Christensen to do Anakin. Yes. 
Funny thing about that, though, yeah, for the for the physical acting, yes, but for Darth Vader's voice, they actually used AI. Ooh. Yep. Yep. They used an AI for Darth Vader's voice in that show. Whoa. Um, <clears throat> they had a lot of interesting stuff, uh, too. Like, the, con- the, the fight with Vader in the final episode was really well done, you know, I think. Definitely. The music. What's that? Uh, most definitely yeah the music and all that all that was it was just beautiful it was just so so beautiful um and i i just enjoy also how it ties a little bit into the game jedi fallen order by including the inquisitors and it also gives us some some stuff from like it also ties it into some of the animated series like the clone wars and stuff with that as well okay Um, just giving you that like full connected universe thing because you know the game Jedi Fallen Order and its upcoming sequel this year Jedi Survivor are actually canonical to the overall Star Wars story. Um, the first Jedi Fallen Order takes place around the same time as Solo, in fact. But you'll get a look at the Inquisitors in that as well. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed Obi Wan. I um, I. Um, I didn't really watch a lot of like shows that came out last year, things that I can think of. I know a lot of people went nuts for a lot of things like like Dahmer and uh, Dahmer was, Dude, that show was dark. I watched each and every episode and holy shit, dude. Oh my god. I, I did mean, watch I can, season I, three of The Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the boys. The boys was really good. Oh, that's yeah, that did that came out in June last year. June or, or around June. Okay, year. and there was also an animated spin-off series called Diabolical, which was that also was, pretty good. Yes, it was. Now there's two shows. One of them I touched on in my media corner uh last episode, Manifest. Manifest uh released season 4 part 1 in November last year. And holy shit, there was a lot of answered questions, uh, a lot of questions and questions answered, I should say. Um, well, the first part of uh, the first part of season four, but they just announced, uh, actually, I think it was a couple of days ago that the season four part two is coming out in the spring uh, maybe er, uh, late spring, early summer of this year. And if it falls on the date that I'm thinking it is falling on, I'm going to lose my shit because that show is notorious for integrating like real life dates and like numbers and shit that, that coincide with the show. Manifest. Uh, it's a Netflix original uh, picked up for the fourth and final season. Originally an NBC show canceled after three seasons. Um, the other show that I wanted to bring up, uh, it's two of my, actually three of my favorite actors. Two actors, one actress. Um, let's see, we got the Hulu original Only Murders in the Building starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. 
That was okay. another really good one. That season two came out for that last year. It originally started in 2000, uh, 2021, but they just announced that they are in the process of uh, prepping for the release, uh, the premiere of season three soon this year. Okay, okay. I've definitely been meaning to watch that. So it's so okay. good, and it's so fucking funny. I, um, I'm glad that you brought up a Netflix original because it almost slipped my mind, but season four of Stranger Things came out last year, and that was a, a very interesting season, which had what I would argue is probably the best villain in the, in the series so far. Okay. Um, and one of the best moments, um, you know, if you know, you know, and if you don't, I won't spoil it, but, uh, the Metallica Master of Puppets scene from near the end of the season uh, with Eddie is uh, a very, very well done scene. And um, I really enjoyed season four. I know I wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but I think I liked it more than season two, if I'm being honest. So another show that a lot of people were really excited for that I have not gotten the chance to watch yet. It came out last year. I think it was November. It came out. It was uh, the Netflix original series Wednesday. I have not gotten the chance to watch it yet. It is on my list. Don't yeah, just yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. <laughs> oh got- yeah, don't worry. I haven't watched it yet either. So um, all right. But I've heard I've ha- I've heard good things. Um, you know, a little off the cuff here, but still a TV show, so it still counts, but, uh, I have to talk about the fact that, um, My Hero Academia, um, which is pretty much the only anime that I, I really watch, um, I'm trying to add some more to my list, but this is the big one for me, but My Hero Academia is currently in what I would call its best season, but this season started last year. And it is, ooh, ooh woof, man. <laughs> hey, there are some things that happen. That's all I can say. Holy shit. Um, I'm, I'm super invested in the story where it is now. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, My Hero Academia is an anime about a world full of superheroes and how they, you know, some of them go to school for it, and there's a kid who's born without without a power. They call him Quirks in the show, but he's end up he he ends up being gifted a power, and it leads to him becoming basically the world's greatest superhero. And the show is the story of how he goes from being an absolute nobody to being the world's greatest superhero. You know, over a matter of several story arcs. And, um, it's, it's brutal. Like, it does not pull any punches on the violence. You know, like, it's, it's like the boys in terms of being realistically violent in, uh, in, like, superhero worlds. So, it, you know, well, as realistic as anime can be, you know, it's still over the top anim- anime nonsense, you know, but it's, but it's very, gra- it's very graphic at times. So, um, Definitely had to give some love to that one. Yeah, you had uh, one more show you wanted to actually let's let's do what was our like top show of twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. That's a top. Round it out one. with that. 
round it out with that. Yeah, that's a tough one for me too. I didn't give it one. a lot of thought. <laughs> um, I haven't mentioned it yet. Cobra Kai. Absolutely okay. loved season okay. four. Was it season four or season five? Oh, they just did season five. Okay. Season six uh, is set to come out, uh, I think, spring next year, I think. But absolutely fucking loved season five of Cobra Kai. It was supposed to be the fifth and final season, but the last scene of the last episode left it wide open for a sixth season. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this time they're advertising season six to be the sixth and final season. Okay. So that's your pick, season five of Cobra Kai for best TV show of 2022. Because there's a bit of nostalgia in there. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, 2022 is a rough one for me. If you ask me what my favorite of 2023 so far is, it would be an easy The Last of Us, but... Uh, I kind of figured um, as much. <laughs> um, shit. Um, I'm thinking... Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough one. I It would be cheating at this point to give it to season six of My Hero because it is still going. It's not The season's not over yet, so... I'm probably gonna have to go with either uh, Moon Knight or season four of Stranger Things. That's a that's a a rough one. I think I'm. I don't know. I'm gonna give it to Moon Knight. It was different. It was unique. I really liked it. I liked the horror vibe. I liked like how it dealt with mental health stuff. You know, I think it's underrated. I think it's an underrated gem. All the MCU Disney Plus shows were great this year. In fact, the shows on Disney Plus have been significantly, consistently better than most of the movies they've been putting out lately. You know, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I think that's going to change. I think that's going to change with Phase Five. I think they just kind of hit a slump with Phase Four because they were up and down. You know, like I, I actually liked some of the movies other people didn't. Like I liked Eternals and stuff like that, and I really liked Shang Chi. But like you know, people it was kind of hit and miss for a lot of people. The only one people really cared about was Spider Man. <laughs> um, but um, um, I uh. It's television worthy. Uh, it's a, the longest. Uh, so last year, um, one of the long-awaited returns to WWE was Bray Wyatt. He returned at the the um, Extreme Rules pay per view, and the build-up to his return was n- nothing short of fucking phenomenal. Um, but I will say when he when they released him from his contract in 2021, it was one of the biggest upsets uh, within the company. And the fact that he came back a year later, practically uh, like literally a year later, maybe a year, a little longer than a year, but it was most anticipated. And I could not have been happier with the way they with the way they chose to introduce him. Okay. Okay. 
All right, so that about that about does it for the um, media, or not the media, but that about does it for the topic in this episode. But before we wrap up real quick, since we just covered very specific areas, um, you know, and we put a pretty heavy emphasis on movies, I would say, in that one, um, we... I, I want to do like a quick like um, miscellaneous category, just a quick fire round, not like a in, in, not like a not like an in depth thing, but just like quick little shout outs to other things that don't fall in the categories we were talking about. So if there are you know other things like podcasts or shit like that, or um, or like YouTubers stuff like that. Um, and also just like, you know, any like memorable moments or like standout things or events from 2022, you know, is, uh, you know, anything maybe you experienced or just like something noteworthy that happened that, you know, is memorable. Cause you know, every year has got like, it's big, like meme thing that happened that everyone remembers. Like, you know, like last year it would be the slap, you know, it would be, I would say yeah, it's which we did mention, but right. The one thing that I uh, I wanted to, to to touch on, it's not necessarily a TV show, it's not a movie, it's not music, it's not... It's a stand-up comedy special done by none other than Gabriel Iglesias. He sold out. He is the first comedian to ever sell out Dodger Stadium. And this came out last year? This did come out last year, yes. Okay, I didn't know he had a new one. It's called Stadium Fluffy, and it is on Netflix as a Netflix original. And I will tell you, he touches a lot on the pandemic, and holy fuck, I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so goddamn hard. Okay. I'll have to watch I'll have to watch that um cuz I like listening to stand up specials at work. So um yes. And Stadium um, So okay, so that one I'll have to check out. Uh a, a quick fire from me um the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia started doing a podcast last year called The Always Sunny Podcast. They're not super consistent on episode releases because, you know, right now they're busy, like, writing a new season of the show. But, um, you know, the three main guys, uh, Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis, uh, Rob McElhenney, McElhenney who plays <laughs> Heine. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Uh Rock, god damn it. <laughs> uh, Rob McElhenney, who plays um, Mac, and Charlie Day, who plays Charlie in the show, they are the three main guys behind the podcast. <laughs> are you still laughing at Heine? <laughs> Excuse me, but anyways, oh. it's a great, it's it's a good behind the scenes look at the show. They talk about just you know like their everyday <clears throat> rich guy lives and the problems they have. Like 
you know, how their uh, how their Tesla doesn't work in the parking garage, you know, <laughs> everyday person problems, yes. <laughs> um, you know, um, and uh, shit like that. No, but they also they talk about like writing, you know, the show and behind the scenes stuff. And they had Danny DeVito on for their Christmas episode. And that was pretty funny. They've had Caitlin Olsen on a few times, as you know, Danny DeVito plays Frank and Caitlin Olsen plays D on the show as well so basically it's a podcast dedicated to well it's it started off being a podcast about talking about the show and then it just kind of devolved into them just like talking about whatever the fuck they want to talk about every episode so um but that's the way it goes that's how these podcasts are when they're off the rails it's usually best no structure you know um, exactly always good fun times that's why i like the playstation podcast so much when they go off the rails so so yeah that's uh so that was my quick fire for a non categorized thing podcast i guess you could say you know um i don't really have any new youtube channels like that i i mean i have ones i discovered last year but not ones that started last year like not new brand new ones so all right, then. Well, I think that will do it for this episode of the podcast. We we covered pretty extensively a lot of the uh, entertainment that came out last year, and it seems like we gave a pretty favorable heavy focus on movies, which is interesting because I thought we were going to lean more heavily into the video games, but I guess... I, I guess the fact that I already did that with my top 10 list means that there wasn't as much reason to do it here. You know, I don't get to talk about movies a lot on YouTube, and that's another big one for me. So, um, so I'm happy. I'm happy that we got to do that. So um, thank yes. you all so much for watching. Let me know some of your favorite stuff that came out last year uh, in the comments down below. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and click that like button because YouTube is the only place you can find it for now. So clicking the like button is still a thing I can say. <laughs> um, Absolutely. You know, and if you're new to the channel, why don't you uh, click that subscribe button and, uh, you know, see what else there is to offer. Do you like video games? Me too. Why don't you come take a peek, see what we got. So, and, so anyways, uh, I have been Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul, and you can find me on Twitter at Oversoul53. And uh, you have been Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend, and you can be found on Twitter at The Vaping Fiend, I believe. Yes, Twitter, The Vaping Fiend, uh, TikTok, V.Vaping.Fiend. Um, let's see, that's, that's that was TikTok. Uh, I can also be found on Twitch at V.Vaping.Fiend. I think it's just The Vaping Fiend without the dots. I could be wrong. Um, let's see. Uh, if you want to add me on PlayStation Network, uh, we, and we can... Uh, do some online gaming. You can find me on PlayStation at Durbinator Five Four One. That is D U R B as in boy I N A T O R Five Four One. All right, and of course, besides Twitter, I am here on the YouTube's on this very channel where you're listening to this podcast. You can see me do let's plays and occasionally live streams. Um, I'm not on a whole lot of other things that I actually use, so here and Twitter are your best bets. So, anyways, 
So, as usual, we will catch you all in the next episode, and hopefully I'll see you in the Let's Plays. Goodbye and good night, everybody. Bye!